Well, this, the scoreboard said I lost today, but what the scoreboard doesn't say is what it is I have found. August 25th, 2022. I'm Nima Naderi alongside Parsa Sami, and we're here this week to preview the U.S. Open. Before we begin this week's show, let's introduce our co-host, Parsa. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? It's good good to be on the phone with you, or on, you know, doing this podcast. Um, it's been a while, and I uh, look forward to uh, having this great conversation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, man, it's the last slam of the year. We, you know, we're covering all the slams previews for the season. This is our last one of the season, so hopefully we make it a good one. And uh, I mean, a lot of compelling storylines. We were, you know, notified today that officially Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, is out of the tournament. Unfortunately, sad to see. Honestly, I mean, we all knew it was coming pretty much, but uh, the fact that he can't play to me is is not great. I mean, you know, he's for many reasons. He's, you know, he just won Wimbledon. He's, you know, one of the best players in the world. He's, you know, on the cusp of trying to, you know, tie Nadal for 22 majors. And now he's got to wait till the beginning of next year. And, you know, he's also in limbo for playing the Australian Open next year. That's not a shoe-in either because Australia has the same laws as the States right now. Yep. So we'll see how that transpires for, for the Serb. Then we have, you know, obviously uh, Serena Williams, who is retiring. Last tournament of her illustrious career, Parsa. Fittingly, it ends at the U.S. Open, uh, you know, on the doorstep of many of her victories throughout her, you know, 22, three years of her professional career. Uh, so everybody's, I mean, like, it's just crazy. Ticket sales are through the roof. Everybody just wants to get a, you know, a piece of that and see how that goes. And hopefully she can win a few rounds. Hasn't really been that, you know, promising based on her summer, you know, last three events from Wimbledon to Toronto, which I was there, and then to uh, Cincinnati last week. But hopefully that can change in New York and we can get a few more rounds for Serena Williams and then... You know, we have the, the upstars, see what Raducanu can do, defending champion, what Medvedev can do, defending champion. And then we have Alcaraz, who everybody thinks can somehow win this tournament. I know you have some views on that. Then we have Rafa Nadal, who's who's back in action after, you know, an ab injury that he suffered at the All England Club. He's coming back and hopefully he can produce some great tennis and win his third major of the season, uh, which would be fantastic to see. So lots to cover. Um, do you have any overall thoughts on how the summer has progressed? You know, the draw was obviously released today. Yeah. Uh, main draw starts on Monday. What do you think, Parsa? Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, with, uh, you know, Serena Williams, you know, she's, uh, you know, one of the goats, if not the goat. Um, and it, it's it's a career that has spanned like so many years that you really it's it's almost surreal to see her not you know 
or, or come to the finish line, you know, and she's always played at a very high level and, and has been always in the limelight for so many years that, you know, you feel like you almost grew up with her. Um, yes. So, you know, it is 100% an end of an era. And, you know, along with the men, that the, these great generation of men that are there and Federer has been MIA and, and pretty much seemingly done as well. Um, and Nadal sort of, you know, one of our questions is going to be to everyone out there is, is Nadal going to make it to the end of the tournament? I mean, that is a legitimate question now, health wise. Is he going to get there? Um, you know, and with Djokovic being out, which is, you know, another sort of issue, it's it's really going to be a lasting part of his legacy. And it's such a I, I hate it. You know, not not you know, I know that there are people that that are very um have a strong position on, on Djokovic and whether he should do this or that or he's whatever he's done throughout his career. It's just, I find it, I'm not faulting anyone, I just find it, you know, pretty unfortunate or, or whatever it is that we don't get to see it play out on a tennis court, you know. It's it's all these other factors that are preventing him um, from establishing a, a, a legacy that was very promising, you know. and. Things happen to people, so I get it. Um, you know, his is going to be this. You know, other people get injured for long periods of time or, you know, struggle with something one or one or another. So uh, I guess this is his plight um, as a champion. Um, I look at, you know, what has transpired this summer, um, you know, with Kyrgios in the final. And I think the buzz around Kyrgios and, um, is huge. I think the, the amount that he's good for the game is beyond... Um, the popularity is off the charts with him and and I know he's got a bad rap and you know people think he's um he's the bad boy and so on and so forth but people love him um and trust me two things two things I can guarantee you about New York if Kyrgios puts in an effort this tournament the every single seat in that house is going to be behind him that's the first thing if he becomes a dog though and he starts to go the other way Every single seat in that house is going to be against him. So um, I think, you know, the New York crowd, I love it. I'm a New Yorker. Um, you know, we love hard workers and we despise people who don't work. So and aren't giving us our show because uh, we all work hard all day, every day. We we pay our ticket. We get to the U.S. Open. We want to see a show. So um, I will say this out loud. Nick Kyrgios, we're all expecting a show. Um, and... Hopefully, it's a show that lasts, you know, through the two weeks and, and brings us something super interesting to talk about um, come, you know, the end of the tournament. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great U.S. Open, you know, albeit, you know, with the asterisk that Djokovic can't play, which, again, I really wish that he could because it would be, you know, fantastic to have one of the greatest players ever, probably, the, I mean, arguably the greatest. I mean, it, I don't know if... We're only working on slams, but based on statistics and you know records and everything, he's right, right there. Like, how how can anybody argue that, right? It's just it's right in front of us. So, other than that, I think it's going to be a fantastic event. I think Kyrgios is going to you know be the talk of the tournament if he wants to be. I just think you know we'll get into the men's draw in a bit, but I I think Parsa just there's a part of me that you know Kyrgios is one of those guys who he kind of tells you how he's feeling always. And he's like, you know, I've been away from Australia. He's made that very vocal. His mom's not feeling well. His dad's not feeling well. He just had his brother just had a kid. And, you know, he wants to go back there. And, you know, he's made a lot of money this year. He's had great results. It's probably the best year of his career. 
Yeah. Like if you, if you if Wimbledon had points, yeah, he'd be he, top twenty like, easily. Yeah, inside inside that for sure because he's yeah. like what twenty six now. You put on another twelve hundred points. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize he was that high. Yeah, he's twenty six in the world right now. He's twenty third seed here because a couple guys aren't playing, but you know then you add another twelve hundred points, he's right there, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, he's, there's that Netflix documentary that's coming out, and he's getting already millions for that because he's one of the four or five players that they're covering throughout the year, right? Oh, so, that's awesome. And it's and it's you, like I just kind of know his mentality. I've been following him from the juniors, right? And he wants to do well, but he's also like, you know, if he's kind of struggling. I lose this match, boom, I'm on a flight tomorrow to Australia. You know what I'm saying? And then he's got all that in front of him. So, And what is, what is anybody going to say? He's had a terrible year. He's terrible. No. You know what I'm saying? Unless something catastrophic happens at the U.S. Open, right? So, which would be great. Listen, if this guy can make the semis or finals, I mean, wow, right? Like, imagine it's Nadal and Kyrgios in the finals. That oh, would just be that incredible. would be... That yeah, would be a Super Bowl type number, uh, you know. Yeah, it would be you ridiculous. Can't, can't beat that, right? But yeah. again, I think it's a long shot, um, and 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 then we'll see from there. But you know, Parsa, for now, let's get into the women's draw uh, and break that down a little bit. And it's led by um, Iga Swiatek, who's obviously the number one player in the world, won the French Open this year. Still has some, you know, she's got to prove herself a little bit on the hard courts, especially the uh, you know on, on a stage like this. She has the game. Uh, she's kind of relatively, I mean, compared to winning, what, 37 matches in a row, I think she's kind of cooled off a little bit. She didn't have stellar results over the summer. But I think she's still poised to have a great event here. I mean, it's very tricky, as we've always mentioned throughout probably the last eight podcasts. It's very, very difficult to, you know, gauge the women's draw as well as pick, you know, the you know pick correctly. Uh, but I'm going to be going with Schweitek to... Um, to make the semifinals, and a player that I was actually very impressed with throughout the the, the Toronto the the National Bank Open in Toronto in my backyard was Belinda Bencic, you know, former gold medalist or silver medalist at the Olympics. I mean, she's hitting the ball really well, returning amazing. You know, she looks super fit. I think she's going to have a great tournament, and I think she's you know poised to probably make the semifinals as well too. Um, so that's that's who I would be going with. And then on the, the bottom half of the draw, I'm going to be taking Halep, who won Toronto, and then Anz Jabir, who, you know, made the finals of Wimbledon, is super crafty, uh, you know, great, great girl, and, I, and I'd, I'd like to see them face off in the final four. So that's who I have. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the women's draw overall, Parsa? You know, I know Serena's there. She's got a pretty good draw, too. Maybe talk a little bit about that and then what your overall thoughts are on the women's field. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with Swiatek, I think she, she sort of, she gave her hands also away. Um, you know, complaining about the balls at the U.S. Open, that they're lighter and so on and so forth. She's pretty much, in her head, there's going to be a little bit of a mental block if some, you know, random woman starts ripping winners behind her. You know, she, she might get upset. And I look at a Sloan Stevens second-round matchup, as problems for her, because um, Sloane has won here before. She her ball bounces higher with the lighter balls. She's not going to be bothered by Swiatek's you know spinning balls left and right. And Stevens, you just never know. You just don't know. Like she could win you know the tournament and then all of a sudden disappear again for two years. You know it's like no idea what's going on. Um, and then in that same section, you've got Kennan, who's a former champion, hiding in there. You've got Anna Samova, who's 
who's who's dangerous. Ostapenko, who can rip some balls. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty interesting section there. Um, I'm not going to be taking uh, Swiatek to get through that. I think that there's going to be issues there. Um, and I don't believe that she's she's the she's the champion of this tournament. So um, I'm going to have a... Believe it or not, I'm going to have Jesse Pagula. Um, she's someone who... Um, good pick, good pick. Yeah, I've admired. Um, she's takes the ball super early. She's always busting her behind. She's playing the game the right way. She's super fair. I think the crowd's going to get behind her if she can get to, let's say, round three or four. Um, and she can have one of those matches where she makes a comeback or is down match point or something like that. And you guys see that out there early in the tournament, watch out. Because that's the type of player that with her back against the wall and all of a sudden she survives something she shouldn't have survived, she will go very, very far because she'll just let go. You know, every every tournament or every match that she plays from that point forward will be, I shouldn't be here anyway. Let me let it fly, you know. Um, and she's a dangerous player because she takes so much time away with her with her movement and her ability to take the ball early. So watch out for her. Um, in that second section um, between Badosa you know, Azarenka, you know, Benchich, who you mentioned, Radicanu, the champion last year, Danielle Collins, and Sabalenka, you've got a lot of quality in a little section right there. Um, you know, so I, I have to go with, uh, I just believe Sabalenka is, is, she's got the goods, she, she can hit the ball, she's, you know, and I didn't even say Pliskova, who's dangerous at the 22 seed. Um, I think Sabalenka can hit the cover off the ball and um, she can get locked in, and she's had good results, but hasn't put it all together. So she's due for a deeper or the deepest run of her hardcore campaign. Um, so so look for her. Um, like you mentioned, Halep, Halep section with uh, Keys in there and Coco Goff, who the fans are going to be behind. Um, Caroline Garcia, who's who's had some deep runs here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think you've got quite a bit um, in that section as well. Um, you know, but I have to take Halep. I think Halep's a little bit of a different player again. Um, she had that sort of in between, and then now picking up uh, Mortaglu. I, I don't know if if he's the uh, the sort of catalyst, but she's got someone who she believes in, can look over, and knows she's going to get good sounds, um, advice, and how to game plan properly. And she's fit, she's in shape, um, and she looks good. She's she's doing well. Um, and then the final section there, you've got Anz Jabour, who, you know, obviously uh, um, an incredible Wimbledon and continuing to to push, you know, Layla Fernandez, who's the darling, um, and I think she'll be very dangerous. She's another player that takes the ball very early and does well. Um, mm-hmm. Shelby Rogers really hasn't panned out her career the way I thought she would. Um, she's got she's got limitations, and I think it's uh, between the ears, to be honest with you. Um, and Kontovic, who is just unspoken for. It's, it's kind of crazy that um, I've never number heard of a, what was that? Number two seed. Number two seed, like unheralded number two seed. It's, it's quite, yeah. quite crazy. Um, right. so you can see something like Serena winning that first round. It's Contavit on, you know, Thursday night, night session, and she might get overwhelmed by the situation. Um, I don't know, but I think that's where Serena's, uh, career ends is, is to Contavit. I don't think she can beat someone that's two in the world or, you know, top five in the world right now. Um, I just, I just don't see it. So um, that's sort of what I've got for you there. I've got Contavit going through that section. Um, so that makes it Contavit and Halep. I've got Halep advancing there. Um, and then it's Sabalenka and um, 
who do I have there? Pagula, and I've got Sabalenka there. Um, and uh, I think Sabalenka is going to be my uh, my 2022 champion. Wow. That's actually, it's a bold pick because historically she's been actually pretty weak at majors. Yep. So for me, it's, 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 it's a pretty dark, dark pick, dark horse pick. For me, I'm going to be going with the Benchich Halep final. And I'm going to be going with Halep as your winner for the 2022 U.S. Open. So, Good Parsa, who's your dark horse? I'm going to go first, sure. if you don't mind. Go for it. And I'm going to be going with the 2019 champion, Bianca Andreescu, who is unseated as my dark horse for this tournament. I think, I mean, I haven't really liked her vibe too much. She's kind of, you know, put a lot of drama and stuff around her. But nevertheless, I think she's got a pretty good draw. And, uh, you know, she's going to be able to, I think, maybe work into it a little bit and, and, and create some damage. But she's got to kind of get back up there, right? Because, I mean, she's got the game. She's proven that. She had an incredible year in 2019 before COVID. And then she kind of, you know, she's gone away for various issues that I'm not saying are not valid. But nevertheless, you know, you're still young. You're a professional. You, you want a Grand Slam, multiple Masters 1000 events, beat all the top players in the world. And you've pretty much fallen off the face of the earth in terms of your tennis career. So you got you to gotta get that back and, and get some mojo going. So who do you have as your dark horse? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like a, a tough one. You've got Kennan in there, who's a former champion, but I don't really believe in her right now. She's not really in great enough shape. You no. know, I'm going to go with uh, Sloane Stevens. I think that, yeah, that that's, that's someone who can just, you know, again, a former champion. She could lose first round or she could win the tournament, um, kind of like a Muguruza type. Um, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely going to be my dark horse is Sloane Stevens. Yeah, and for me, you know, shout out to Pagula, who, you know, a lot of people know, maybe some don't, that, you know, obviously her parents own the Buffalo Bills and and the Buffalo, who was it, the other team? The Bills and the... Yeah, Sabres, yep. And Sabres, yeah. So, I mean, she's like a billionaire, Yep. right? So she doesn't need to do anything. And for her to come out and grind and, you know, do all this stuff and make her own professional career, become a top 10 player, to me is actually extremely impressive. I mean, you look at a guy like Galvis, another guy who's a billionaire, he did okay. I mean, he had a good career, but he he was never top 10. And, you know, he got, I think, close, but he was never top 10. And he kind of faded off big time. He still kind of dabbles in the challengers. I don't know what he's doing right now. But, uh, you know, for me, Pagula is very impressive. She, she really wants to kind of separate herself from that label of, you know, like entitled and super wealthy yep. and just make it on her own, which to me is, is fantastic. So, you know, credit to her and hopefully she has, you know, she has a great event as, as it moves on. So Parsa, just quickly here, yep. that's some breaking news. I just got an email from uh, the USTA, uh, a media thing that Serena Williams is actually playing Monday night. No! That's also playing. Yeah, and Medvedev is also playing Monday as well. And then you have Nadal and Schweitek who are playing on Tuesday. All right, so I'll take it. it. Be, yeah, so it's going to be, so just quickly read this. All main draw singles matches in the bottom half of the women's draw and the top half of the men's draw will be played on Monday, include Serena and Medvedev. All main draw singles matches in the top half of the women's draw and the bottom half of the men's draw will play on Tuesday. Includes 22-time Grand Slam champion Rafael Nadal and women's number one seed Iga Swiatek. So that's what you got. Okay. Uh, 
And then the the schedule of play will be released tomorrow at 6 p.m. for Monday. So everybody watch out for that. Uh, with that being said, as we move on now to the men's field, led by defending champion Daniil Medvedev, who ended the Grand Slam calendar campaign for Novak Djokovic last year by defeating him easily in the finals. He faces off against American Stefan Kozlov, I mean, like you said, I don't think that's something that a lot of people are going to want to watch. I think it's going to be Woodshed City there. Uh, actually, interesting name here, Parsa. Just, I don't want to, you know, I'll let you analyze the draw a little bit further. But what do you think about this Ben Shelton guy? I He's really got... like him. Big game, lefty. I like, there's a lot to like. Um, young and yeah. kind of uh, only, he just continues to improve. Um, it's one of these guys that, uh, you know, Obviously, his dad is very good, and he's been on a court for a long time, but didn't really come into his own until uh, the last couple of years. He started to really put things together. I would say in the 16 and unders, he was he started to really make his move um, yes. in the nation, and then uh, now it's uh, obviously he's getting some international uh, recognition. Yeah, he beat he beat Rude uh, in Cincinnati, which I know Rude's favorite service is not hard courts, but nevertheless, I mean, this guy's a top, he's number five seed at the U.S. Open, right? right. So uh, he made the French Open finals. The guy can play, plus he's won tournaments on hard court before. So that's that's a heck of a good win. Um, but, you know, just briefly, I'll give you my final four here. I'm going to be going with Medvedev and Fritz. Really like what Fritz has done all year. I think he's, you know, he's consummate professional. He just keeps getting better. Again, I don't think he's the best athlete out there, but listen, you know what? He knows how to win, uh, and he's at a career high, serves massive. I think he's ready. He's going to be ready for this tournament. He's not going to let you know anything stand in his way of being in the best pos- possible shape that he can be. So I'm going to be going with Medvedev, Fritz in the semifinals. And then in the bottom half, I got a you know popcorn match, Parsa. We're hoping next the, the second Friday of the event, Rafael Nadal, versus um, Carlos Alcaraz. So I Oof. think that's going to be, you know, one that we can, uh, you know, really look for and, and hopefully that, uh, you know, is something that happens. So how about yourself? Yeah, so uh, so I, I don't want it to be Medvedev. Um, I think there's going to be some difficulty. I want Kyrgios. I just don't think he's, I don't know. Um, I want it to be him. I'm not quite sure if, if he can get there. Emotionally, I want Kyrgios. You know, logically, it's it's going to be Medvedev into the semis. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that for there. Um, in that second section, having uh, Sissipas there, um, Berrettini there, Fritz there, and, you know, Kasparu to a lesser degree, I think are, are a pretty hefty quarterfinal going to be going the on there, um, round of 16 and quarterfinal match, um, that I think could be quite interesting. And I, and I think um, Tsitsipas and Berrettini are going to beat each other up. And I think, uh, I, I agree with you, I think Fritz is going to be the one that's going to get to the semi there. Um, in the third section, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, Alcraz um, love right now. And, and I was telling you about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been observing and watching him on the hard courts this summer, and he's playing a lot like he reminds me of Nadal of, you know, way back when, you know, almost 15 years ago, um, where he's really playing like a clay quarter, running all over the place, and, you know, just putting balls back in play, and, and you know, with a better serve, but, you know, the game is still, 
he can be locked in and people can locate his backhand. Although his backhand is obviously world-class, it's not as dangerous as his forehand and he can get into trouble. So I think his instincts are are not there yet to have the deepest run. Um, I think he can get to a, a quarterfinal or semifinal, but I don't think it's going to be here. I think my guy here is going to be Herkoc. I, I just He's a pain in the you-know-where to play. Um, between him and Sinner and Chilich and Korich, there's a lot of talent um, in that section as well, and a lot of even talent, um, meaning you know anything can happen in that draw. But I got Herkoc going through that one. Um, and then the bottom half between Nori, Shapovalov, um, Rublev, you know, Tiafo is going to be a pain in the butt, and then obviously Rafael Nadal, who's got potential of Fognini in the second round. Um, I, uh, you know, my only question with Rafa is health. If it's not health, um, Rafa in the semi there. Um, and then I've got Rafa and Herkoc, and I've got Rafa advancing to the final. Um, yep. And then in the top half here, I've got, I'm just going to go with the practical pick. I want Kyrgios, everybody, okay? But I've got the practical pick going through. It's Medvedev. Um, so I've got Medvedev and, um, who did I pick, Nima? Fritz. And I think it's going to be Medvedev, uh, uh, Nadal, and and, um, and we're going to go with a, a crazy, you know, super tie break, fifth set, Nadal to hold the trophy. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's hard to go against both those guys, right? I mean, they're going to just find a way over five sets. They're both super difficult to take out. And that's a key, Nima. That's a very key point you make. Uh, it is a different match. A best of five is a different match. Exactly. And I, I think Medvedev is going to be ready to go. Uh, he's made U.S. Open finals before. He's won. He's defending champion. I think he's going to be ready to go here. I mean, that's let's not kid ourselves. Nadal, he's definitely going to be ready to go. It's just health. You know, is there something breakdown? But what we did say before we came on air, and I know you agreed with me, was um, that at this point in Nadal's career, with his age, with his experience, and with all of his injury-prone moments, for me right now, hard courts are the absolute best surface for him. It's the truest bounce. The movement is not specialized like clay and grass. And I think that he can play aggressive, he can serve bigger, and looks like the ab is is pretty good right now. Uh, and he can end points a lot faster. He doesn't have to grind as much. And I think he's going to be ready to go. And I think that his draw is also conducive to him working his way really nicely into this tournament. Doesn't have guys. I mean, we talked about Fognini giving him a lot of problems in the past. And I remember there was a year that he beat him here in five sets. And Nadal looked awful that year. But nevertheless, that's not the same Fognini. He's done nothing this year. So he's a showman. He's going to want to get there. He's got to get, you know, through Karatsev, who's had an atrocious year. But nevertheless, he's still, a, you know, he's a hard hitter. That's going to be another fun match on the outside courts. Um, but you got to like Rafa. I mean, he's going to find a way unless even on one foot, like this guy can do it, right? Unless something again, catastrophic happens to him. I don't see him losing before the semifinals. If Alcaraz can get his act together and, you know, come out of his shoes and play the way that we want him to play, then he can do it. But again, you know, he's had a very interesting summer quickly on Alcaraz. Played the two clay court tournaments, lost in the finals of Hamburg to Musetti, lost in the finals of uh, Umag to uh, Sinner, came to Canada, right? Lost in the first round. Then since he made the quarters and he lost to Nori. 
Um, so it's like, you know, Karina Busa took him out in Montreal and then uh, he lost in Cincinnati early too, right? Like not early, but in the quarters to Nori, which, you know, theoretically he should be able to beat. But so, yeah, you're right. He's not at the level that he was winning Miami, winning Madrid, coming into the French Open. Everybody's like, wow, you know, top five player. But I think that if Nadal's healthy, and I think he wouldn't be here if he wasn't healthy, uh, because he's pulled out of you know plenty of Grand Slams. You gotta like Nadal's chances to go up against Medvedev in the finals, and then that's that's a toss-up for me. I mean, you know, you gotta think that with everything on the line and Nadal knowing that you know the clock is seriously ticking over his head for his career. You got to think that Nadal figures out a way to win that match and and capture his another you know fifth what fifth U.S. Open and twenty third overall career major. That's Unreal. what I got. Unreal. Um, yeah. Although no, as you were talking and I picked Nadal too, I'm like you know what, this is like lining up for Medvedev because he can be the spoiler in so many. He could take out Kyrgios, who the fans are going to be loving. He could take out. You know, Paz or whomever may come through the through the bottom. An American, you know, take out the Russians, going to take out the American, um, and then take out the beloved Nadal. Like it could, this is like just like you could just see him wearing the villain cap. Um, although he was your champion last year, so some good stuff, good storylines, um, and definitely looking forward to it. So with that said, Parsa, before we wrap up. Dark horse for the men's. Yep. I'm going to start again, if you don't mind. Sure. I'm going with uh, Jack Draper. Good player. Playing really well. Yep. Uh, you know, British player who's, I mean, he's in the, I believe, in the quarters this week in Winston-Salem. He's had a great, uh, great run as of late. He's like 50 in the world now. Uh, young guy. He's kind of got that Berrettini vibe. You know, he's like a stocky guy. So I don't know, you know, his movement for me is going to be a bit suspect going forward, but the guy looks hungry. He's, you know, he's, he's physically a, a presence. He's a lefty and he's winning matches. He's been obviously highly touted, you know, you know, uh, being from the UK, you're always going to have a lot of, you know, pressure just because of the media, because of Wimbledon, all that stuff. So it's always going to be the limelight on you and they follow it, you know, very closely. Uh, so for me, I think, you know, he's going to be able to put in a few good rounds here and uh you know see where it goes from that how about yourself yeah i mean I'm, I'm looking at nakashima pretty closely um and i just feel like he hasn't had a great summer or as great of a summer as he could um yeah. and I, I think he's due between him and corda who corda has got a nice draw to to break out of a little bit um two but, players, yeah. yeah but he's like a little bit of a up and down guy which which isn't great um you know, I look at someone like Mulcan, who I feel like was playing real tough um, and is a tough out, and he's in, in Draper's section as well. Um, yes. I think my pick, though, will, will be Nakashima. I think Nakashima's due between, um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, for a few rounds. I, I'm not sure how far he's going to get. You know, the other name that comes to mind is Brooksby is another one to watch. Um, who could? Just... I, think, I think guys have kind of figured out Brooksby. Yeah. Well, I, that's it's... what I think. It's, it's very possible they have, but I think he's got a lot of tools in there. Um, so he has to make his adjustment to their adjustments. You know what I mean? And yes. we'll see. We'll see what happens and how it unfolds. Okay. As I like to say, very good. You're very good. <laughs> 
So with that said, guys, thanks everybody as always for listening to Parcel and I throughout this year. This uh, that concludes our Grand Slam coverage for 2022. We look forward to joining you all at the Australian Open for 2023 to kick that off in January. In the meantime, you can follow Tennis Connected throughout the fortnight as we cover the uh, last Grand Slam of the season comprehensively. Um, you can also download this podcast on iTunes, on Android, and all the other service providers. You can also follow Parsa at Parsa Sammy on Instagram. You can follow us on all the platforms as well. Parsa, thank you so much as always for joining us this year. Thank you. Thanks everybody out there for listening. We also really enjoy your feedback, so make sure you're throwing that our way. Enjoy all the tennis from NYC, and we will speak with you guys very soon. Bye-bye.